Good morning, church. I'm uh, super excited to be here with you guys today. Uh, Today we're going to be reading in Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. And so we turn there, um, and then uh, we'll jump into this. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for whom the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right-hand throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray. Lord, I pray this morning that you will just go before me. Lord, will you uh, prepare hearts? Will you prepare ears today, Lord, to what you want to teach? God, will you help me to get out of the way and just let you speak? God, give me the words when I don't have them. And God, will you reveal your heart for us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few years back, I decided to run a marathon. I know, marathon me. Not, not, not for me, but I decided that this is a good idea. Sure, let's do it. So um, I bought gear, I trained, and I, and I changed my diet. You know, my training was pretty extensive. Um, I followed a program, and I was meticulously about running each day uh, according to this plan. Much to the detriment of my family, my, my wife can attest that I was gone a lot during these trainings. So morning of the race comes, and I, and I say, okay, here we go. Let's do our normal routine. I, I ate my normal breakfast. I drank my normal amount of water before a big, long run, and I was doing my stretches. Everything was going exactly to plan. I started running mile one. I was feeling so good. I could run all day, all day. So I kept going. Everything was perfect until, until mile 13. At mile 13, I noticed a sensation in my right quad, a a balling up of of, muscles just starting to ball up. And like any athlete who's not really an athlete, just a dad, I tried to push past the pain saying, I'll be fine. I'll just keep going. So I kept going. Then mile 14 hit, and now my left leg was jumping in on that, that pain that I was experiencing. So both of them are, are starting to struggle, and I'm realizing now I might be in trouble. But I just kept running, kept running. By mile 16, I knew that I was in real big trouble. Because not only were my quads uh, cramping, my calves and my hamstrings were cramping. Completely changing my stride. I, was, I was, went from this gazelle, graceful run to this shuffle. And it was pretty ugly. I'm not going to lie. Throughout the race, uh, they had these hydration tables and, and food tables that you could, you could stop at and you could uh, consume and, and take in uh, just to, for energy as you need it. And so I would stop and consume these goo packets to, to a fault, like to a point where I consumed so many that a couple people asked me if I was even running the race. So, you know, I did, and, and I did all this, drank as much water, I ate bananas, I, I did it all, all in the hopes that I could overcome this pain that I was experiencing. 
See, it was was as if my body was saying, "Uh uh-uh, you're not built for this. You should just quit. Well, uh, mile 18 came, and um, they had this station. It was a biofreeze station. And uh, for those that don't know biofreezes, it's icy hot. But they had these uh, spray paint cans, and, and these volunteers, God bless them, they would spray you down to numb the pain. So naturally, I went in there, stayed way too long, but I assumed the position, and they started spraying me down. It didn't work. I was still in agonizing pain. From mile 22 to 26, I was at a, a, a slow shuffle or a walk until the end of the race. At the end of the race, my legs felt like jello. I had nothing left to give. It took me days to recover. See, you may not have experienced um, a marathon like this, but I guarantee you, you guys have all experienced something where you go into an aspect of your life and you're confident. This, I got this, and you fail miserably. And see, uh, this running, running the race and pursuing Christ is hard. It's hard. The Christians were reading this book of Hebrews, experiencing similar struggles in their inability to run this race in pursuit of Christ. They were being persecuted. They were facing trials. They were struggling with sin. The weight of their sin was inhibiting them and hindering them from running the race well. The author was writing to these Christians in order to give them a true hope that because Jesus endured the cross, we must run the race set before us. Because Jesus endured the cross, we can run without weight. So let's, let's dive into the text here. Hebrews, I'm just going to read it right here real quick. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us. Well, we have to address this therefore. So I know we're not studying Hebrews, but let's turn back to me, with me real quick and turn back um, to verse, or chapter 11, verse 1, 1 and 2. So we're, we're, we're addressing the therefore because this is, this is the pivotal point that we need a little more context. So now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their condemnation. You guys, the author is talking about the Old Testament characters, these, these other people, these witnesses, Right? Okay, so in my mind, Nick mentioned that we went to Turkey and we got to visit um, these ancient cities that are still standing. And in one of these cities is a stadium. And a stadium is set up for a race like this. You guys, it's 200 meters long. It's set up in a horseshoe fashion. So you have seating all the way around and the running is done right in the middle. So picture with me on this, okay? You, you, this is what the author is trying to give us context. And, and when they say, therefore, we're surrounded by these witnesses, this, this is what they're talking about. So you, you, you have this stadium full of witnesses, but you guys, they're not just spectators. They're, they're athletes who have participated in the run and are still participating. We're a part of these athletes that they're talking about. 
So, so picture with me, in the stadium, you're not seeing just people watching. They're, they're encouraging, okay? So I'm just going to read this so I can get this off. So it says, by faith, Abel is showing us how to offer a pleasing sacrifice and was innocently killed by his brother, which points us to Jesus, the pleasing sacrifice who was innocently killed for our salvation. By faith, Noah's over here. He's saying, by faith, Noah was saved in the ark from God's wrath, which points us to Jesus, the true ark of salvation who saves us from our sins. Okay, let's keep going. Abraham's sitting in the front. He's saying, by faith, Abraham leaves all he knows, his home, to bring God's blessing to a nation, which points to Jesus, who left his throne to become a true blessing for all the nations. Let's keep going, guys. I love that one. I get emotional just hearing that. These are just a few of the Old Testament witnesses who encourage, whose encouragement gives us home field advantage. Yeah. <sighs> this is good. What they are telling us is that we are saved by faith and faith alone. We have a stadium of witnesses pleading us to run to Christ. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, we got that out of the way. Let's keep going. All right. What kind of weight is the author talking about? See, a lot of times um, the authors would write to reach the congregation. And at this time, he was writing in a way that made sense, perfect sense to everybody. He was writing about athletes training and running. And so he was talking about a weight of an athlete that he might carry, right? And so, so the first thing he's talking about that, that we need to address is sin. And it's sin which clings so closely. Our sin causes us to stumble. And we've heard, we've heard Nick say this a, a couple times in the past, and I, it, it's always stuck with me, is a lot of times we like to say, we can control sin. Watch this. Here's a, a wild lion that outweighs me. Picture that. That outweighs me by a thousand pounds. And I'm going to put him on a leash and think I'm going to control my sin. You guys, I'm not doing anything I want to do. It's whatever that lion wants to do. So a lot of times, that, this sin, and, and that sin... All it wants to do is trip us up and cause us to stumble while we're running, running this race to follow Christ. So we, we've got to push that sin away. We've got to get rid of that sin. We have to because we can't control it. Okay? The next, the next thing he says is, lay, let's let us also lay us every weight. You guys, weight doesn't always have to mean sin either. Weight can be other aspects and other distractions that aren't pointing us to Jesus and how we're following and seeking after him. So weight, weight can be, you know what? End of the night, this is speaking on my behalf, guys. I sometimes will scroll, scroll and check out. Is it a sin? No, it's not a sin. But it, is it drawing me closer to Jesus? No, it's not. It's distracting me. Same thing with TV, right? We can just binge watch those shows. And so often times, that's how I end the night. So this is, this is a challenge to me as well. Guys, 
Why? Why do we need to run without weight? Well, because we're surrounded by that great cloud of witness. Okay? That they're telling us, guys, set the weight down. You can't run with this weight. So set it down. Every Old Testament believer is saved by faith. They are literally pointing us to Jesus and say, throw all your trust on him. Mm. Guys, Romans 3, 25 through 26 says, whom God put forward as a propitiation for, by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Mm. Guys, that's, that should encourage us, right? I, I have to go back to another, going back to Hebrews eleven twenty six. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to the reward. They're, they're screaming to us. The world doesn't offer us what we truly want. Jesus does. We have this audience of believers testifying us to throw our sins at the feet of Jesus. So that's why, you guys. Well, how do we ditch that weight? Okay, we, we kind of touched on this, but this weight that we're carrying is heavy. There's no doubt about it. It's actually heavier than we can bear if we want to be truth about it. You know, a lot of times we'll say, hey, us dads can relate. You know, my dad taught me this whole thing. Sometimes you just got to buckle up and do it, you know? But in our race with, with our pursuit to Christ, we can't just do it on our own. So, so I, I, I have to use this illustration because I'm all about illustrations. So I used to coach volleyball. And um, we used to train athletes. And, and these athletes were, they were studs. Everyone I trained, they were like, they put me to shame, but I could never let them know because I was the coach. So, you know, every once in a while when I needed an advantage, I'd, I'd make them wear weighted vests. So then I could, you know, play against them. You know, I'm, you know they didn't need to know why. I, t- I was telling them for their benefit, right? So they're sluggish when they're doing these drills and, I, and I'm swinging at them. They, they couldn't block as, as high as they normally could block or they couldn't hit as hard as they could because they were carrying this weighted vest. Oh, but the tides turned as soon as we took the vest off to really scrimmage because now these athletes are soaring and they're swift and they're moving with agility. And, and that's the same thing that I'm talking about here. This weight that we're carrying, we need to take it off, okay? And, and, and to take it off, we need to turn to the cross, repent, drop the weight at Jesus' feet, and run to him for forgiveness. You guys, that's, that's the way we drop our weight. Well, let's keep going. Because Jesus endured the cross, we can run with endurance. Whew. All right, here we go. Let's go. Hebrews 12. Let's just jump it to number three. Verse three. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Well, 
What causes exhaustion? The author is saying it's hostility. Hostility causes exhaustion. Christians are labeled today as haters, as oppressors, as bigots. What our culture is telling us is more important is our reputation, our status, our power, and our comforts. guys, maybe you're not feeling this hostility. And here's, here's one thing I want to question is, is if the gospel is offensive to the world and you're not feeling that hostility, are you running the race? Or are you warming up on the sidelines or outside the stadium? Yeah. Guys, it, the gospel is offensive. And hostility is, is going to come. That's promised. You guys, uh, I, just bear with me real quick. John 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, because I chose you out of the world, therefore... The world hates you. Remember the, the words that I have said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute, persecute you. If they've kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Yes. That, that is, is what it is, right? This is, this is what causes that, that hostility is because the Lord, the Lord promises that we're going to walk through that too. So why do we need endurance, you guys? Why do we need it? Because the house is on fire. Don't jump up. Your house is not on fire. I'm, I'm trying to paint this picture. And, and so we're to remain faithful to Jesus. Jesus was enduring hostility from the very people he was trying to save. So, so go with me here. Follow with me. I know I'm, I'm, I'm here. So we have to love those who are being hostile to us, right? And if the house is on fire, we as Christians are the firefighters, okay? Just as Jesus, he was running to the people that he was saving and he was getting that hostility. Now, we're, this house is on fire. We're running to the house to try to help them as firefighters, but they're rejecting it, saying, wait, wait, no, no. We don't want you on our property, Matter of fact, you can't even use our water. Don't touch my house that's burning. That's the hostility. That's the picture that, I, that Jesus is, has displayed for us. Well, how do we run with endurance, you guys? We have to consider. We have to go to that word, consider, which meditate, Right? Think about Jesus' life. Think about what he had to endure on our behalf. A crown of thorns, whips, nails to the cross. Guys, he, he was left alone by all his friends. He died alone for our sin, for my sin. God, our sin was mocking Jesus. The, the hostility, I, I, I go back to this, the hostility that we're afraid of is not meant 
for us, it's, it's directed to Jesus. He endured it before we did. So, you guys, it, he endured it for me. That's a love. Oh, that's a beautiful picture of love. See, on the cross, in the eyes of the world, Jesus looked at, looked, was looked at as weak and broken and defeated. But that's the complete opposite. He didn't have to die because of his sin. No, no, no. Jesus was perfect. He chose to die because of our sin, my sin. It was our sin that nailed him to the cross. He was the perfect sacrifice to God on behalf of our sin. He gave up his glory from heaven, came to earth to save us from eternal destruction and provide a way for eternal life with him if we choose to believe. This is where we find the endurance is when we meditate on Jesus. Guys, let's keep going. Whew, getting pumped up, sweating up here. Nick, it's hot. Um, because Jesus endured the cross, we need to run with joy. So Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 2. Here we go. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, whom for the joy that was set before him, in, set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand throne of God. Nick, I'm pretty sure we could do a sermon just on that verse, but I'm going to try to condense it down, and, and I move pretty quick. So here we go. Why must we run with joy? Following Jesus is not dreadful, dreadful it's joyful, even in the hostility of the world. Well, what was the joy set before Jesus? It was our salvation. You guys... Because of the work on the cross, God bestowed honor and glory on Jesus. I got to press pause here. I can only imagine what that looks like. Think about this. This is the plan of, of sanctification of us. Before earth was created, before you guys were, we were even here. Before the world was created, this was the plan. Jesus just accomplished it on the cross. Okay, he's ascending to heaven. I'm, I'm picturing this in my mind. He's ascending to heaven. What is his welcome going to be from the Father? Are you kidding me? You thought, you, you thought you guys have seen a party? Wait till you see my party. Come here, Jesus. This embrace. Guys, I'm getting goosebumps even just talking about that. This embrace of a father. Oh, and not only, I want you sitting right here. Because wait, here, here's why. Here's why. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and underneath the earth. Every tongue Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> he just, you know, dropped the mic right there, okay? That's, uh, can't even. All right, so what's beset before us? It, it's the same greeting. 
the father can't wait to wrap his arms around his children and welcome them. Come, come see what I have for you here. This is, where, this is what matters here, eternity. This is, this is only temporary, but this is eternal. So come. Guys, do you realize that's coming for you? It's coming for you. Hey guys, it's promised. Colossians 3, 3 through 4. For you have died, and in your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. You guys, it's coming for you. I, looking at the Father face to face, I, I can't even imagine. But that is such a beautiful, encouraging aspect that this is why we must run, right? Okay, so let's keep going. What does our joy tell the rest of the world? The rest of the world that, doesn't ha- that maybe doesn't have a relationship with Jesus and don't have a, any kind of aspect of why there should be joy on earth, right? Our joy tells them of eternal joy. Not living in the moment, not living here on earth for whatever is temporary, what will go away eventually, but our joy tells them this is, this is what real joy looks like, you guys. So that's, that's a reason right there. How can we run with joy? Well, we keep looking to Jesus. We look at his life. We look at his, his sacrifice. You guys, that's where we find our, our joy. I, again, I'm going back to the analogies, okay? Have you ever tried surfing? Okay, I, I am not a good surfer. Travis, my, my neighbor, he's, he's like a pro, okay? He, he surfed before, so he can attest to this. So my first time surfing, I'm, I'm paddling, and I get into the wave, and I just fall miserably, and I keep falling. And finally, I have a friend who comes up next to me and says, hey, next time you do it, pop up. Don't look down on your feet. Look to the horizon and see where the water and the sand meet and that will help you balance. So here I am, pop up, do it. I'm like, this is easy. This is easy, right? You guys, this is exactly it. Are, Are we looking down? Are we looking towards the world? Or are we looking to the Father? So this is, this is encouragement for me. So I have to, I have to go down to this. The founder, all right? So, so, Peter 2.21 says this. To this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you may follow in his steps. You guys, he's leaving us an example. He, he led by example. He's with us the entire time. All we have to do is follow him. Look at him. Guys, John John 4, 34. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I go back to the perfecter aspect. You guys, I I want to read this quote because this one gets me every time. There is no joy like accomplishing of a noble task. 
The noblest task of all eternity was Christ to say, I have finished it. Jesus was able to see the crown beyond the cross. That's where his joy comes from. So my question is, is, are you? Are you able to see the joy beyond the weight, beyond the trials? <sighs> Friends, I went into this race thinking I could train hard, eat right, buy the right gear, and I would succeed. This is the lie that the enemy wants us to believe, that we can do it on our own. We don't need God because the truth of, but, but, not, but the truth of it is that this race is too much for us to do on our own merit. Our sin condemns us to hell and no matter how hard we try to pull ourselves up, we will never be able to finish and enter the gates of heaven unless we fix our eyes on Christ. Maybe today, you guys are longing for that joy. You've never had it, but you see that it's found in Christ. You can turn to him. And you can know what is waiting. You guys, I would love to have that opportunity if you don't know him. I'm here. Nick is... Nick is much better, of course, but, you know, I'm here. I'm here. So I'm, I'm ready to pray with that prayer with you if you want it. You guys, because Jesus endured the cross, let us also run the race set before us. Let's pray. Father, God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the truths that are here, Lord, and I pray that we will fix our eyes on you, God. God, our source of true joy, not earthly joy, but heavenly joy. Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice. Lord, go before us. Help us to share with the world this joy that is not explained on earth, that people look at our lives and see you. They see us as a reflection of you, Lord. So God, I pray that for my brothers and sisters today. In Jesus' name, amen.